Amen. This morning, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. Um, maybe go ahead and turn to the eighth chapter. We're going to read the ninth chapter, but uh, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. Um, when you feel God calling you, do you feel a little hesitant at times? In other words, you feel God maybe is calling you to do something, but there is that hesitation. Maybe there's a reluctance. Maybe there is, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, and I think that's something that we all uh, experience at different times in our life. Um, but in where we are at this morning in Acts 8 and 9, uh, we find that the church there in Jerusalem was having a lot of great things happen. But at the same time, something very major just took place. And that was the conversion of Saul into Paul. Now, some were excited. Some say, man, we've got, we've got somebody that, that man, he, he's going to have power. He's going to have impact. And then there was others who were a little hesitant. And they said, do you know his past? Do you, do you know that he persecuted Christians? He would go knock on people's doors and, and pull people out of their homes and, and put them into prison just because they were a believer. He even partook in the stoning of Stephen. And, and so there was others that said, uh -uh, I don't want to be around him. And, and so there was a hesitation there in the sense of accepting uh, Paul into the ministry. So I want you to look, first of all, uh, if you look at Acts chapter 8, it says, Saul agreed. Well, let me back up. Let me back up. Uh, let's go up to chapter 7, verse 58. It says, they dragged him, talking about Stephen, out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of the young men, Named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he died. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Saul agreed with putting them to death. On that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all and all expect all and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judah and Samaria. Can speak this morning, Samaria. There we go. Uh, so you see what's happened. We give you just a little bit of background of of Saul, how he was led in persecuting Christians how he was in favor of putting Stephen to death, how he went to homes and knocked on doors and pulled people out and put them in prison, and then God intervened in Saul's life. Intervened to the point that as we read in Scripture, and, and you know, as you read in Scripture, uh, you see that, uh, go to chapter 9 now, and, and look at the, the first Part, well, let's go to verse 8 of chapter 9. In chapter 9, verse 8, it says, Saul got up from the ground. This is after the, the light had struck him down. And through his eyes, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. 
And he was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. But then look at verse 10. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, hear my Lord, he replied. Get up and go to the streets called Straight. And the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, to the house of Judas, ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul. Since he is praying there in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentile kings and the Israelites, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his, he placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling, has sent me so that you may regain sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at once, something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight, and then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is an amazing story. As we read through this this morning, we find that Saul experienced the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Saul, did he deserve it? But the Lord had chosen him. One of the things I noted, if the Lord chooses you, <laughs> you better get ready. You might have excuses. You might be going in the wrong way. But God, if he chooses you, can move you to exactly where he needs to bring you. And so we find that Saul experienced the brightness of the Lord and that he was left blind. Now, we find that, you know, God did not save Saul. I believe this, that God did not save Saul to leave him blind in Damascus. The Lord had a purpose. Another thing I think this morning, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I believe God has a purpose for you. Do you believe that? I know some people say, well, preacher, I, I can't do much. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what God can do, though? And, and so this morning, God did not save Paul to leave him blind in Damascus. Damascus. God had a purpose, a great purpose for this man. Now, we find that Ananias was sitting there, and we find that Ananias heard the Lord call, and I, and I like this when it says there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision. You know, one of the things that we can point out here is that he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. He was a believer. He was saved. The word disciple can, can mean a pupil or a learner. And so we find that Ananias was a saved man. He was a man growing in his faith. This man was growing in the Lord, growing in the word. He was living the right kind of life. And this is the same thing that our Lord does today. This is the kind of people that God chooses. He, he uses saved vessels that, a, that have been cleansed by the word of God. 
And so this morning, if we are a believer in Jesus Christ, he wants to use us. He, he wants to use us as a vessel. And we find that Ananias was one that was growing in the Lord and, and growing and realizing the things that, that he needed to do. And he realized that he needed to separate uh, himself from evil and to grow in the Lord. And even today, many times we are wise enough to know that evil is around us, but are we separating ourselves from the evil that is around us and are we growing in the Lord? Now, another thing I like about Oh, Ananias here. Uh, as soon as the word of the Lord came to him, uh, he immediately says, Behold, I am here, Lord. Or in my translation, it says, Ananias. The Lord said, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. To me, it just seems like it was immediate. It was no second thought. It was immediate. He said, oh, Lord, I'm here. Immediately, he responded to the Lord. Um, could it be that he remembered what the, the voice of the Lord sounded like? What was it? But you know, in our world today, if we're not careful, we are not able to distinguish the voice of the Lord because we've got so many other voices going on. We've got so much confusion going on. We've got so much things, and, and we need to see the importance of when the Lord speaks that we know that voice. You know, it's just like a mama could be in one end of this building and their child is crying at the other end, that mama knows that that's their child. Just, they know. And the same way, do we know the voice of the Lord? Have we experienced it? Have we listened to it? We need to be where the Lord wants us to be. We need to be present and accountable for. Or are we, like the army would say, are we AWOL? We are not ready to serve the Lord. We are on the sidelines. And, you know, some of us, and I know some of you, uh, just in a couple of weeks, college football starts. Uh, and, and, you know, when college football starts, we watch our favorite teams play, at least for the first part of the season. And uh, <laughs> depending on how they do, if we're going to continue to watch them. But, uh, uh, but one of the things that I always like to see is the sidelines. Now, I know the guys on the field, they're playing. But, you know, there are some guys on the sideline, they're just chomping at the bit to get in. I mean, they're just there. It's like, come on, coach. Here, I'm here. You know, call my name, coach. I, I, I'm ready to go in. Now, we've got others just sitting on the bench, you know, just, yeah, you know. But there's others, they just want to get in the game. Guys, as a child of God, are we those just, hey, I'm just sitting over here. You call me when you need me, but I'm comfortable, you know. You know, I don't want to get the uniform dirty. And, uh, uh, and then there's others just right up to Mr. Preston's ears. Say, I, get, what can I do? I want to go in. Let me get in, you know. And God is calling us to serve. But, you know, God always provides, doesn't he? Remember the story of Abraham? Remember that story about his son? And the sacrifice, for us, that just seems, what can that be? But God told Abraham to, to go and to sacrifice his son. And what did Abraham do? He did it. Now, I can imagine. Well, I, I say I can imagine. I don't know if I can or not. To take your son and to sacrifice him. And he went all to the point where he went to the point of, of tying him up. Tying him up on, on that sacrifice and had his knife raised 
when the Lord spoke. You know, are we that ready? Are we ready in the sense, okay, Lord, I'm ready to do what you've called me to do. And so as we see this, another thing, uh, you know, Ananias, he said, here am I, Lord. He knew who he was talking to. And, you know, even today, uh, we need to realize the importance of who are we talking to? You ever get on the phone with someone, you, after a few minutes, you got, who is this? You know, and you hate to say that, but you go, who is this? And uh, because it's not either who you thought or you thought you would recognize the voice, but what about in the sense of with our God? Here we find Ananias was a man who had turned the reins of his life over to the Lord. And, and he just turned everything over to the Lord. I, I, I want us to see that, you know, this is something key that needs to be addressed in, in our lives. Excuse me. There are many who want to claim Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is, they want to get out of that. I call it that get out of free jail card. But you see, what we're really saying, God, I, I want you, but I want to be able to run my life the way I want. In other words, I don't want to burn. So I got that taken care of. But let me live my life the way I want. And then, I don't know if you figured this out. It doesn't work that way even though we try to do it. It, it. it just doesn't work that way. The, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the Lord of the way. Acts 10.36 says he sent the messengers to, to the Israelites, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. And the end of that verse says, he is Lord of all. This morning, as we simply ask ourselves, is he Lord of all? In our life. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control, so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul saying, I can preach, but if I'm doing other things that basically disqualify what I'm preaching about, what, what's the point? And in our Christian life today, we need to be very careful that we are not disqualifying ourselves as we minister. Because that disqualification has such a, 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 an overwhelming effect. I believe Ananias is the kind of servant the Lord was looking for. He was separated. He surrendered. He was sold out to God. And God could use him. But look at Verse 11 in Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> Excuse me. In verse 11 it says, Get up and go to the streets called Straight. The Lord said, Go to the house of Judas and ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul. Here was the instruction. This is what God wanted Ananias to do. Uh, has God ever given us a job and we don't fully understand it but he knows we know that he wants us to do it i believe those are sometimes some of the hardest isn't it when we don't understand it i can't believe that ananias was going you want me to do what 
But God said, I, I, want you, I want you to go to this man who I have in a, in a home ready for you, and I want you to go speak to him. Now, I love there in Scripture, uh, in that chapter, uh, verses 13 and 14, in, where it says, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man. Now, had Ananias forgotten? God knows all, right? God already knew the history of Saul. God knew that. But here Ananias is what? Reminding him, like, did you forget something? This guy's got a past. This, this guy's got a history. This guy's got a history of killing people. He's got a history of killing believers. Lord, had you forgotten that? Well, the Lord hadn't forgotten that, had he? But Ananias wanted to remind In other words, it did not make sense to him. He thought, well, God, you must not know this. Well, God knew exactly. We need to realize sometimes, you know, we say, God, are you sure? It just reminds us sometimes God, our Lord Jesus Christ, had it all in a plan for the life of Saul. And God knew that there would be prejudice against this man, but, but God was going to use this man. Has, has, God ever, has God ever asked you to forgive someone who injured you? And you look at God, God, you can ask a lot, but you want me to forgive this person? Or maybe he wants us to reach out to someone of a different race, culture. Maybe he's calling us to, to witness to a neighbor. And that neighbor is someone we've had a disagreement going on for years. You see, there, there's thousands of situations that could take place, but God knows those, doesn't he? God knows that. But if he's calling us to do that, then are we the willing servant to say, yes, Lord. And so we find Ananias, you know, kind of had to remind the Lord, you know, about him, but Ananias went. Sometimes we have to realize that God calls us sometimes to do the hard, unpleasant, and difficult things. He doesn't always let us know how things will turn out from the beginning. You know, it's just like with our young people here at the church, with our adults. You know, in the beginning, we just see that rough shape, but then sometimes we can't see the end. But when we were able to see that, we knew, we know that, all of it was worth it. I think we all would agree that God knows a lot more than we ever will. Amen? He plans our path, and so our sole duty is to follow Him. Are we willing to follow our Lord Jesus Christ? There was a missionary. Uh, her, her name was Aretta Loving. Can you imagine how that was? Aretta, Aretta Loving, thank you, and uh, she was a missionary, and one morning she was washing her dishes, and when she saw Jimmy, who was five years old, Titus, he was five years old, he, he was her neighbor, and little Jimmy was heading straight towards the back porch. 
She had just finished painting the back porch handrails. And she was proud of her work. And so Loretta said, come around to the front, Jimmy, she shouted. There's wet paint on the porch rails. And Jimmy said as a five-year-old, I'll be careful. Not turning, he was heading to the back porch. No, Jimmy, don't come up the steps. Knowing of Jimmy's tendency to mess things up. And Jimmy said, but I'll be careful, he said. And now he was dangerously close to the steps. And so Loretta said, Jimmy, stop. I don't want carefulness. I want obedience. Ooh. And then those words, we find that Jimmy responded to Loretta's relief. I'll go around to the front. Now, do we do that sometimes? We go the direction we want to go. And maybe the Lord are, is saying, no, I want you to go around front because I don't want you to go this way. Oh, I'll be careful. What are we saying? We say, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it. But the instruction was what? To go around. A lot of times we say, I'll be careful, Lord. And then what do we do? We proceed on our own plan. We need to see that, that the Lord is instructing us. And so we find that in verse 17 that, that we read, just it says, Ananias went and entered the house. He went in the direction that God wanted him to go. And as he went there, it just reminds us how we need to respond to God. If God says, go this way, then that's the way that we go. Now, Ananias went to the house where he saw Saul. And look at the first words there. It says, Ananias went, entered the house, he placed his hand on him and said, Brother Saul. Now, can you imagine Saul, three days, nothing to eat, fasting, blind, possibly scared, unfamiliar territory, and someone comes and says, Brother Saul. You know, a lot of times God is calling us to reach out to people. And many times these people are scared. They're, they don't know what's going on. Uh, or even Saul saying, man, I, I don't know where I fit into this. Is he going to take my life? But we find that Ananias reached out and called him brother from the very beginning. We find that Ananias obeyed the Lord and, 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 and Saul was healed from his blindness. But we also find that Ananias and Saul, well, there was a learning time and, 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 and grabbing hold of, of what needed to be done. You see, many times God has a unique way of doing things, doesn't he? What if you were Noah? <laughs> Build a boat. Noah wasn't on the beach. What if God said, Noah, I want you to, to build a boat? 
Or what about when the Lord went to Moses and, and, and he said, I want you to free the Israelites. Or when David was obedient and killed Goliath. Or when Gideon obeyed the enemy, or obeyed and then the enemy was defeated. Or when Jesus obeyed and sin died and salvation became a possibility. You see, sometimes it doesn't make sense to a human mind, but God has a plan. God has a purpose. So we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be responsive? Are we going to just say, well, God, I got I to gotta pray about this. I, what are we saying to God? We're saying, God, I don't trust you, but I got to pray about it. God, what are you calling me to do? Am I a useful vessel? Am I willing to be used by you? See, this morning, we need to be willing to, to be the servants that God can use. Can, can God use us? Or have we become so complicated that God just... Can God use us? Are we quick to obey? Or do we try to change God's mind? This morning, Ananias, was he hesitant? I think so. Was he reluctant? I think so. But when the Lord called him, he said, Lord, I'm here. Second, he went to the house. And he treated with respect this man that the Lord was using and said, Brother Saul. Now, we know this story. Saul didn't just get away scot-free. God changed him. But Saul had to pay. Paul had to pay a price. This morning, are we willing to be the useful vessels that God wants us to be? Are we ready to respond to God? Even when it doesn't make sense. Say, okay, God, I don't understand this, but I will rely upon you to show me what I need to do. We need to be useful for God. Let's pray. Let's gracious heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the story of Ananias. Lord, again, how you are moving and changing people and using people. And Lord, may we also be ready to respond, to do those things that sometimes are very hard. And Lord, sometimes it's things that we would never come up ourselves or come up wanting to do ourselves, but you lead us sometimes to do those things. Lord, be with us that we would respond in the right way. And Lord, that we would be useful for you. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.